Each time as I read the words of these blessed scriptures that the Lord has given to us, I'm reminded of just how wise our God truly is. He knows that while our minds can be very intellectually capable of discerning very big and important secular matters, when it comes to discerning the matters of the Spirit, we can fall so very short of our real understanding of what God is saying to us. But thanks be to Him, thanks be to God through the presence of His Holy Spirit living within us as we read these scriptures. He can help us to know and to understand things that we'd not otherwise know. He uses parables. He uses allegories. He uses metaphors. And with those examples that He uses throughout these scriptures, His Spirit is able then to minister to our spirit, giving us an understanding that we'd not otherwise know. And that's so in this passage that we'll study here in this next few minutes. Here within this passage, God gives us two common ordinary words. He gives us light and He gives us darkness. And He'll use those words to convey some very deep and very spiritual truths about this world that we're living in and also about this very special God-man, the Lord Jesus. The darkness is spoken about here in these words as a metaphor. It's a metaphor that describes the sinful condition of the world, the flesh, and the devil, and how they are embedded within this darkness, corrupting the lives and the souls of any and all of the people that it touches. And also, as we'll see in these words, God will use the word light to convey a very special truth to us about how light will overcome this pervasive darkness throughout our world. But also, and most importantly, we'll see that the word light that he speaks about is actually himself, the Lord Jesus. In the use of this word light, God is telling us that light is a part of the very essence of the person of Jesus Christ. That Jesus doesn't just give us light. He is light itself. Listen to these words in John chapter 8. Jesus says, To us, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now while yes, even when God explains these allegories and metaphors to us, our understanding can still remain difficult and small. But perhaps as we study these few words of this passage today, we move just a little bit further in our knowledge and comprehension of this wonderful gift that God has given to us in the Lord Jesus. Listen to these words. Follow along in your scripture, if you will. Luke chapter 11, beginning in verse 33. Here in these words, God begins by using the word light as a metaphor. And then he moves on forward to give us an understanding about the Lord Jesus. Listen to these words. Verse 33. No one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place or under a basket, but on a lampstand, that those who come in may see the light. The lamp of the body is the eye. And that's so important. The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body also is full of light. But when your eye is bad, 
Your body also is full of darkness. Therefore, take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of light, as when the bright shining of a lamp gives you light. Notice the allegories that are involved with these words here. And the Lord wants to explain those to us. One of the common graces that God gives to each of us is to help us navigate our way through all the many opportunities and also the many obstacles of our daily life is simply the ability to think. The ability to think, to rationalize, to look at a matter, to look at a person, to look at a condition, and to make a rational assumption about them. And used rightly, human rationale truly can be a very good thing. But listen, folks, we must understand that our human rationale is also filled with serious limitations. And it must not be allowed to be our final answer to every question of life. Too often in this modern age, it is the only guide that we have. And that's wrong. Our rationale is not the final answer to every question of life. Now, unfortunately, for those within this great crowd that had gathered to see and to hear Jesus on that particular day, human rationale seemed to be the guiding influence and the source of serious resistance to the truth that Jesus was offering to those people. Now, for the most part, those who were in that crowd that day, they were very intelligent people, very religious people. Some of them, even knowing a great deal about every little jot and tittle of the law. But as with most knowledge, knowing the words, listen carefully, knowing the words but not engaging oneself in the intimate meaning and intent of those words leaves knowledge so hollow and so ineffective. And so it was with most of those people that were gathered there that day. As they observed and as they listened to the Lord Jesus, the eyes of their souls were darkened by their unbelief. And they couldn't recognize that standing before them was the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior that had come to save their very own souls. In the darkness of their human rationale, they saw only a man. A man that was strong, yes, and powerful in message and ability, and a man who could do miracles that they had never seen before. But still, even with all of the signs that the Lord Jesus was giving to them, they still didn't understand. Just a few moments earlier, he had given them the sign of Jonah and the sign of the Queen of the South. But the darkness within their souls was still too great an obstacle to overcome. And so, within this man, Jesus, all they saw was a man. This explanation that Jesus gives here about the controlling nature of the darkness and about our eye being the entrance way into our soul is very descriptive and it's very clear in its meaning. There's a real and present darkness that resides within the depths of every human soul. That darkness comes in part as a natural condition of our birth. No one, no one, is able to escape it. We have that sin nature that's born into us. 
But listen, as he tells us here, much of it, much of that darkness is also added in, even welcomed in later on through our eyes as we venture through all the many encounters of daily life. And again, please do keep in mind that this kind of darkness is not just the simple absence of light. No, this darkness that Jesus is speaking about here actually has all of the qualities, all of the attributes of a living being, a predatory creature that seeks to take control over our souls and to hold us captive to its desires. And the only relief, the only resistance that we can have against that darkness is to somehow allow light to enter in. Because it is as light enters in, it can dispel darkness. And light alone can dispel darkness. As we look at the people and at the culture of our own day, we might not be able to see that darkness. Not directly. But folks, we can see and we can recognize all of its many patterns and its effects if we want to. If we have eyes to see, we can see its many patterns and its effects. We see how it so obviously influences and controls the ways and the behavior patterns of so many people. And especially, and sadly so, our dear loved ones. The ones we love most. And that breaks our hearts when we see them following a path that's a part of that darkness. But listen, for ourselves, we need to always remember that that same darkness also lives within each one of us. Each one of us. It just cleverly conceals itself within those hidden crevices of our souls. And it rears its ugly head at the most inopportune moments. But then again, that's who it is. That's who it is and that's what it does. You and I need to remember that. Darkness blinds our eyes and it confuses our senses. That's who it is and that's what it does. And Jesus so aptly gives us this warning here that this darkness has no boundaries. Yes, it can blind the eyes of some lowly drug addict. We can see that. We can understand that. But listen, that darkness also, just as easily, blinds the eyes of the most brilliant of our modern intellectuals. Folks, listen, that darkness has blinded the eyes of the most brilliant of astrophysicist and and microbiologist into believing that this earth came into being from some explosion that took place some time ago out there in the cosmos and then from the results of that explosion then life has created itself through some process that they call evolution. Folks, that is foolishness. Foolishness. Especially for such brilliant intellectuals. But also down on our level, on a more personal level. That same darkness blinds the eyes of many otherwise good husbands and wives into believing that perhaps there's a more pleasing love to be found in someone besides their spouse. This darkness, it works in whatever means and manner it needs to to accomplish its purposes. And again, this darkness that Jesus is speaking about has a life 
and a purpose all of its own. It is all-encompassing in its nature, and it has at its core all those many attributes of sin. Of sin, And sin is predatory. And the predatory nature of sin has within it this desire to always move forward and to accomplish all that it wants to accomplish. It does not sit idle. Too often we think that sin is something that we trip over. Yes, sometimes it might be, but sin has a nature and it comes after us. How do we know that? Some of the first words in Scripture. In those moments just before Cain walked out to kill his brother Abel, God stopped him and said, Cain, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Folks, that's a predatory nature. And that's the way of sin. It must obey its nature. And it must always be pursuing after us with the sole purpose to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That simply is who evil is and what evil does. And every weapon, every weapon is available for its use, and it will use all of them so very effectively. It can use pride, and it does in each of our lives. It can use arrogance. In this day and time, it can use sex and drugs and alcohol. Even in the quiet as most gentle of people. It can work worry and fear into the hearts of those dear ones. And in today's society, especially as we're seeing every day on our news, violence. Violence is one of the favorite and effective weapons of sin. And it's taking place in our nation and all throughout our world. And when we see all of these many Miseries taking place in ourselves and our loved ones. Too often, listen, too often instead of reaching for the light in our naive foolishness, we find ourselves instead reaching back into the darkness to find our cure. And what is that? We reach for medications. We reach for therapies. We reach for counseling, all of those different kinds of behavior modification cures, hoping against hope that something will work. But folks, it seldom ever does work. Not really. And again, it's because all of those things, both the causes and the cures, are part of the same darkness, keeping us simply going around in a foolish circle. As I've studied through these scriptures and the other scriptures that speak about this special kind of darkness. God has brought to my mind more and more the clever ways that Satan reaches out of that darkness to draw and to entice unwitting souls like us into it. And unfortunately, let me say to you, we Christians are his favorite victims. And again, one of the most common and opportune ways for that special darkness to gain access into our souls is as these scriptures tell us, this passage that we just read. It's through the open avenue of our eyes. As we open them up and make them available to this world and everything in it, and especially the media, our televisions, the internet, even our news programming. Folks were told in these 
scriptures that in the last days that many will call good evil and evil good. And that very thing is taking place all around us each day. All throughout our media, we're being told over and over again that the perverse behaviors, even involving our children, should not only be accepted, but should also be embraced, embraced and encouraged. So many of the behaviors of the days of Noah and the days of Sodom and Gomorrah are taking place all around us right now. And that's what the Lord Jesus said. He said, in those last days, it will be like the days of Noah and the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. And he gave us that as a sign so that we could see and know what's taking place. And again, we're not only being told to accept it. We are passing laws that are requiring us to embrace all of that perversity. And folks, many of those men and women in political leadership that we have elected, that you and I have elected, they are giving in to most every whim and desire presented to them from out of that darkness. And they don't even know where it's coming from. But for us, you and me, we who have Jesus as our Savior and Lord, we must not join in with those who are being led astray. Jesus is calling out to us from these scriptures. And he's saying to anyone who has ears to hear, I am the light of the world. I have come to dispel this darkness that's all around you, is within you, to drive out all of that darkness from you. If only you will allow me to do it. If only you will allow me to do it. As we read these words of our passage, now we don't know all the attributes of the darkness that prevailed within the minds of those men that were gathered there before Jesus that day. And while they might not have had the same kind of influences that we have today, folks, without doubt, that darkness was the same darkness that we have here. And it was just as bad then as it is now. And how do we know that? It's because they had the very light of the world standing right there in front of them. But yet they were filled with darkness. They had watched him do miracles. And they had heard him speak words and give signs that should have made sense to them. But their darkness, their darkness was so dark that no amount of light could work its way down into their souls. And why? Why would that be? It was because, again, the evil within that darkness used their favorite weapon to keep them from seeing the light. He used their own rationale to blind them. The, the devil did. He used their own blindness to keep them from seeing through the darkness. The rationale would not allow them to see that Jesus was the true light of the world and that he had come to save their souls. Listen for a moment to these words. These are words in John chapter 3 concerning Jesus, who he is and what he had come to do. Now this portion starts out with John three sixteen, and we usually read that and we stop. But folks, there's words of the Lord that come after that, and I want to read those for us. Listen carefully. Again, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. 
Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And then listen carefully to these next words. And this is the judgment that light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. Now here Jesus is saying to them that the darkness was all around them, and it was within them. And he was saying to them that he was the light that had been sent to dispel and to drive out that darkness within their souls. And he was there before them because... Listen, verse 33. He was there before them because no one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it on a, in a secret place or under a basket, but on a lampstand, that those who come in may see the light. Jesus was saying to them and to you and me now, I am that light. I am that light of the world. Look unto me, Jesus was saying. And all of that darkness, all of that evil within that darkness will be made light if you'll look unto me. And he's saying, look unto me and all of the ways of darkness that you've been accustomed to and accepting will be revealed for what it really is, that it's sinful and that it's destructive. He's saying, look unto me and be changed and look unto me and then hold out your lamp that others also may see. But folks, listen, the simple truth is it is only if and to the extent that each of us, those people then and you and I now, allow that light that Jesus offers to come into our souls and to do its work, that anything that anything of value can really begin to take place. We cannot, we must not do as so many were doing in that crowd that day. They were simply following along as observers. We're not allowed to simply be an observer. How many are doing that very thing today? Sitting in church pews throughout our world, listening, but only observing. Nothing more. Nothing more. We must step on further and allow the light of Christ to reach down deeply into our souls and to drive out the darkness that lives within us. It's then and only then that we can begin to really fulfill the purpose that God is calling us to be about. And that is for ourselves to be the light of the world. Listen to these words given to us in Matthew chapter 5. He says to you and me, listen, this is a message to you and me. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Can others see your good works? Or do they only see the darkness? When and as you and I begin to allow His light to radiate into our souls, it's then and only then that His same light will begin to shine on further out to others. And that's our calling. That's our calling. To go ye into all the world and shine the light of the gospel so that others may see for themselves and come to His light.
Let me close with these words. This is a message which we have heard of him and we declare unto you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not do the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Let's pray. Oh, dear Father, we do thank you for loving us as you do. We thank you for saving us from our sins. We thank you for the light that you give to us. Oh, dear Father, open our eyes so that that light can come in. Open the eyes of our souls so that your light can come in. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen.